Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If we are in a dysregulated state as parents, we're likely going to be disciplining more as a form of punishment than as a form of teaching. And so I think it's part of why I really challenge parents at the beginning of the Raising Emotionally Strong Boys book to say, you know, the first work of regulation has always got to be our work for two reasons. One, because if boys can't sit front row to the people they trust the most in this world and have the opportunity to see what regulation looks like on the grownups they trust the most, it's impossible for them to learn this. You know, it just is. And so the work of regulation is ours first and theirs second. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. And you are just listening to a few wise words from today's guest, David Thomas, who I cannot wait to share with all of you. But before we go any further, I want to pause to just extend a very happy Father's Day ahead this weekend to all the men in your lives. I hope you're planning some special celebrations. We are so grateful for the men God has placed in our lives. So happy Father's Day. And today's guest is a father, a special father, and somebody that encourages so many other fathers and mothers and kids out there. We are so blessed to get to have this conversation with David Thomas, but even more. And today is a really big day. As most of you know, I've been talking about it for a while. We just opened the doors to our character training course. It's only open for a week and I am so excited. I hope you will run over to the course page, have a look, check out the $50 off sale happening this week only. And you can do that at monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. Now today's guest is also extra special. We love David Thomas. He is somebody I have so much respect for. I've loved all of his books. He's a best-selling author. He's a counselor to boys. So perfect guest for the Boy Mom podcast. Um, but also on top of all that, he has now shared an interview inside of the character training course, specifically on kids and anxiety. We know that over these past few years, anxiety is at 
its own epidemic level. The pandemic was definitely part of that, as well as so many other things going on in our world and all of the pressures that kids are under. He is so helpful in giving us tools and resources and encouragement. If you have a child daughter or son who's a worrier, who's anxious, who's stressed out. And like he shares with us in the course, sometimes uh, we don't recognize the signs of anxiety. We expect it to look a certain way, but sometimes when kids have bad behavior and we think they have character issues, well, there might be an anxiety issue underneath that. So we've added a part to the course where we're talking about kids and anxiety. I have a download for you with some helpful notes, some scriptures to help support you and your child if you're going through a time of worry or anxiety, and I'm just so happy to be able to add that to the course. Now, I don't think I need to tell you, there's a whole lot of other good stuff in the course. I've been talking about it for weeks, whether you have little kids, there's an early years module, all the way through those teenage years. So many topics that are relevant and helpful to equip you to raise kids of character. And I hope that this summer might be a time of great character growth for your family, maybe a time that really changes your child's course for the rest of their life. But now, today, we get to talk to David Tom about his new book, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. He's going to give some really helpful tools and advice talking about boys regulating their emotions, how we can play a role in doing that, as well as the workbook for the boys, Strong and Smart, that I'm going to be going through with my son Levi this summer. So I am really excited to share this interview with you. I think you're going to get a ton out of it. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, here's David Thomas and I talking about Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. Let's do this. Hey, David, welcome back on the Boy Mom Podcast. It is an honor to be back. I always love time with you, so this is a gift. Thank you. Well, there is truly no way I can imagine serving my boy mom listeners more than having you, David Thomas, on. You who spend your days counseling boys and encouraging parents of boys, you are truly a special guest. And I'm especially excited because we get to share your two new books, one for the parents, one for the boys themselves, the book for parents called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, such an important topic, and then the book for boys, Strong and Smart, A Boy's Guide to Building Healthy Emotions. I'm planning to go through that with my Levi, who is just turning 12 this summer. So I'm really excited. But before we dive in, in case anyone out there doesn't know you, could you just give a quick introduction to who you are and what you do? I'd be honored to. So I am a practicing therapist. I've been at an amazing place here in Nashville, Tennessee called Daystar Counseling for the past 25 years, where I've been working with kids, adolescents, and their families, and do that work with an amazing team of people that I'm just crazy about. And you, I know, have spent time with one of my dear friend and colleagues, mm-hmm. Sissy Goff, on the podcast. That gives you an idea of how awesome the people I work with are. And <laughs> we do the work a little different in that we're in a house rather than an office. And our most sought after therapists are actually six therapy dogs. And then all the mm-hmm. humans come after them. We're all aware of our <laughs> ranking in the pecking order. And it. it's just an amazing space, an amazing group of people who have a heart for kids and families. And I have learned so much in the opportunity I've been given for over two decades now to do that work. And in addition to a lot of great kids I've had the privilege of working with, I have three amazing kids of my own. Actually, I Mm -hmm. I don't even know that I can really still call them kids. They're young adults now, three college (laughs) students. And so amazing humans who have 
taught me a lot about what mm-hmm. it means to be a parent and and yeah. even just a human in this world. So really right. grateful, married to an amazing woman. Um, we're heading, inching toward our 30th uh, anniversary Ooh. here in a wow. couple of years. So I'm super grateful for her presence in my life. So yeah, those are, those are the best things about me right there. Those, those humans. Awesome. So good. And have you graduated any from college? Or are they all in the college years still? They are in the college years. I have a rising senior. So I have one who's going to graduate next year. And that's uh, your daughter. Twin, that's my daughter. And then yeah. twin boys who will be sophomores in college next year. So, and are they at the same college or did they go separate ways? They went to the same school. They ended up uh, in the same place. At the 11th right. hour, it kind of looked like we were going to have three kids in three states and ended up having three kids in only two states, which makes move-in weekend a little bit easier, I will say. Bit. I love that. Well, my listeners know <clears throat> that I have two boys who have been at college together. They're two years apart, but one is about to graduate from college, so that'll be my first, and then the second is a sophomore. But yeah, it's it's really sweet having them together at school. It helps me being that mine are across the ocean and so far yes. having them together, so it's been good. I love that. I love that. Well, we're neck and neck in that journey, aren't we? It's, I know. It's a whole and you've new got chapter. the twins. It's a whole <laughs> yeah. new chapter of just launching young adults out into this world. It absolutely is. I have a lot of thoughts on that for maybe another interview. But you've also written some books. I think I eight. Have. Is this is this number eight coming out? You know, it's interesting. This will be number nine and ten. Oh. So I've written eight, and then these new books coming out will be my ninth and tenth books. Which That's I'm right. So because this thankful is thankful for the opportunity to get to do that. Oh yeah, and most of them have been co-written with one of your colleagues, right? But this Correct. one is your own baby. Yes, this is the first time I, I did a book on my own, and realized how grateful I was to have co-authored all the other books. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I, I, all of a sudden I realized like you're in charge of the entire manuscript, not half of it. Is it a true? Yeah. Yes. I well, want you know to co-author that, well, one day. You know all about that. It's it's oh, a lot yeah. of work and a lot of words. Yes, a lot of words is right. But okay, well let's dive in and uh, let's start because this is a topic that has come up so much between um, my blogging years even and now even more through the pandemic, I think. And um, podcast listeners have talked to me a lot about emotional health and their boys. I think it's something many of us didn't grow up thinking a whole lot about. I mean, it's, it's a topic I'm thankful has come up more and more in the past few years, but how would you define emotional healthiness? I love that we are talking so much about that. I, I will say to you that it it grieves me that it took a global pandemic to put mm-hmm. a spotlight on this topic in the way yeah. it did. I'm thankful that that could mm-hmm. be what I believe to be a good outcome of yeah. this really hard, difficult season that we've experienced around the globe and and mm-hmm. and thankful that it could lead to something redemptive and productive but I'm I'm right. grieved that it's just now in the spotlight but I'm thankful yeah. we're talking more about just what it means to be I, I was talking with a friend the other day about just to be emotionally fit to be emotionally mm. well to have right. a, a sense of what I feel and what to do with it which sounds mm-hmm. really simple but you know according to a lot of the statistics I share in the book is still something we're struggling to equip kids and adolescents with a sense of understanding what they feel and what to do with it. So that would be my short definition. Right. 
Well, it's interesting that so many of us have a pretty easy understanding of being physically fit, even spiritually healthy. But for some reason, the emotional health seems like it's coming up um, behind the others. And talking about boys here and men, why do you think it's so difficult for men, um, for us to even wrap our brains around raising boys who are emotionally healthy as opposed to girls? I feel like there's a difference there, right? There absolutely is. And, and you know, even as you were making that analogy, I think if, if we were to really think on what it means, what it looks like to be physically fit, every one of us knows you don't just climb out of bed in the morning and you're automatically physically fit. Like it takes work. It takes labor. <laughs> yes. It takes exercise. Yes. And not just one time. Like it's ongoing mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. an ongoing effort. And I think the same is true in terms of being emotionally fit. Like it's ongoing work that we're continuing. It's not a one-time deal to name how we're feeling. It's a daily, sometimes hourly yeah. experience of making mm. connections, reading my body, figuring out how to take that emotion to something constructive. And in my experience with the differences, I think it's harder for several reasons. You know, there's there's interesting data we've already always had our hands on that at pediatric well visits with children in the first years, we know that girls at 18 months are going to likely be saying twice the words boys are saying at that point. Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. their general vocabulary is is most oftentimes going to be more expansive. There's certainly boys who are exception to that rule and girls as well. But it is to say, if they automatically have more words, it makes sense that they would have fewer words in their emotional vocabulary as well. So it's mm-hmm. always been my experience that we have to labor a little longer with boys to develop a full, um, expansive emotional vocabulary. And despite the fact that I think boys are really good problem solvers. Like I think by nature, boys love mm-hmm. to come up against a hurdle and figure out how to get over yeah. it or around it or underneath right. it or through it. And yet I don't see the evidence that I'd want to see that boys bring that same problem solving to their emotional experience. And so really the mm. book was a way to to talk about how could we take that innate sense of being great problem solvers, critical thinkers, and apply it to their emotional lives. And and so wanting to make that user-friendly as best I could. And when I was doing the research for this book, you know, and and taking a look at the new stats, every year the World Health Organization releases new stats that allow us to see how are we doing compared to other countries around the globe? How are we doing in terms of education, in terms of healthcare and Anytime the new stats come out, I always go straight to looking at how are we doing in terms of serving the pediatric population, obviously, because Mm -hmm. of the work I do. And then honing in more, even more specifically to see how are we doing in terms of caring for their emotional health? And, you know, consistently, we've just seen these really scary stats. Mm. You know, anxiety Mm. is now considered to be a childhood epidemic in our country. We have the highest rates of adolescent depression, the highest rates of adolescent self-harm, suicide, Mm. and so many of the scariest stats, unfortunately, boys lead. Now, girls are twice as likely to experience anxiety. Mm -hmm. And yet with the numbers being higher in a lot of categories for girls, boys have consistently led the statistic around suicide. Mm. And that is Mm. just... Uh, grieving to me that it's, yeah. it's, it's terrifying numbers. And if you jump up into adulthood, men lead the stats. In fact, when I was doing the research, yeah. I came across this, the new statistic that one man globally dies by suicide every minute, mm, every awful. 
minute. I mean, I, I, can't I even read that and then I reread that to make sure I'd read it correctly and then reread it again. And I, I could barely write it. I can still yeah, struggle yeah. to say it. It's just the thought right. of that. And, and so reading those kind of statistics and, you know, if we were even to come down from that, you know, the, the current stats would also tell us that men are, you know, more reluctant to openly even just talk about their physical health, adult mm. men. They mm-hmm. are, they have more difficulty identifying how they feel about significant life events. They are resistant to act when they don't feel physically or mentally well, mentally well. Mm-hmm. And I'm married and to a doctor and, and I can tell you, you, know, you get <laughs> I don't it. know the last time he went to the doctor for a checkup. So there it is. There was that yeah. very statistic in multiple places, yeah. like how few men just go for their well visit with their physician each year versus women. Yeah. I know. And so, you know, if we think about it looking like that in the physical category, if they're not even going to the doctor to attend to their physical health, you know, what's the likelihood they're going to be checking yeah. in with a therapist or sitting with their pastor regularly to talk about their spiritual health? And so Amen. I think we as men just are not as trained in that direction of caring well for ourselves, our bodies, yes. our minds, our hearts, our spirits. And so that's that's the primary reason I wrote this book. I want to change that. I really do want to change that. And I want to talk about what it looks like to grow up a generation of boys into young men who see their emotional health as a priority in the same way that I think a lot of men do see their being physically fit as a priority. Yes. I think there are a lot of men oh, who will prioritize training in that space, not necessarily <laughs> mm-hmm. healthcare in that space. Right, right, right. I yeah. want to shift the conversation. I am so glad. And and I think that, you know, talking about it when they're young, giving them that understanding from the time they are boys, that this is healthy, this is normal, this is masculine. Uh, yes. And and that it's okay. And in fact, before my boys went away to college, I remember having a conversation because I had observed and had friends who's kids went through some rough times in college. And I just really wanted them to know that oftentimes during those launch years, weird things happen. You know, you're going to come across new emotions, new struggles, and just the importance of them knowing that that's not unusual and that getting help is, is absolutely good. And like just having those conversations so that they, when they come across that, whether they're a tween, a teen or later, that that is normal. So I, I just think that as moms, the more we can talk about this stuff, the more we can normalize it. Hopefully the dads can also set an example yes. talking about it. Yes. And I agree. So, uh, so good. Okay. Well, why don't we dive in and have you share, if you can, about the three R's that you talk about. You do such a good job on these mnemonic devices. It's so good to help us remember things. But talk to us about the three R's. Thank you for saying that. I think it is helpful. It's helpful for me. So I hope it's helpful for others. You know, if if we are, you know, circling around the three R's, we're thinking first about how can we recognize what we feel? Yeah. The first R is recognize, you know, Mm -hmm. which is developing that emotional vocabulary, being able to identify what's going on inside of me and name that feeling. The second Mm -hmm. R is to regulate. How can I take that emotion Mm -hmm. to something constructive? The doing part. um, I I talk a lot about employing calming strategies that settle Mm -hmm. our nervous system in a way that we can operate more as the people we want to be in this world. And then the third R is repair. And that is, you Mm -hmm. know, if in the process of moving from recognizing what I'm feeling to regulating, I drop the ball and I end up shouting at someone or, (laughs) you know, screaming at my sibling, shoving a sibling. 
What does it look yeah. like to repair that relationship? And so, mm-hmm. you know, the idea being the longer boys labor with recognizing and regulating, they don't need the repair as often. And mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. kind of drop that third R over time or not utilize that third R, but it's an important R because it is. any one of us is vulnerable in any given moment mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. saying or doing something that we regret at some point because we didn't pay enough attention to the alarms and sirens going off inside of us that were totally. you know, signaling us that there were big emotions registering in our body and doing some constructive work to get from so what good. I call a chaotic state to a calm state. Yes. And talking to your kids about these three R's, hopefully they can keep those in the front of their minds so that when that moment yes. comes, so helpful. Well, I hear from a lot of moms who kind of fall into, their kids fall into one of two camps. That is, they completely shut down emotionally and don't want to talk yes. or they completely blow up. And the moms are trying to figure out how can we teach our kids that that's not healthy, uh, a better way to handle emotions? I know you talk about this in the book. Can you give us just a little sneak peek at some help for those moms in I either camp? I would love to. And, and, you know, it's interesting just hearing you share that. I think I would challenge every parent listening to think about how long we have been talking about the fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. You know, the amygdala Mm. is that part of our brain that is in charge of the fight, flight, or freeze response. And the very things you just described were examples of fight and freeze. You know, it's, I'm going to freeze up and I shut down. I won't say a word. I won't define anything that's going on inside of me or I lash out, which is the fight. And then I think the flight part, I hear so many parents. I sat with a parent yesterday in my office who said their son, when he gets emotionally charged, will run away. He goes straight through the back door, out into the backyard. And the mom said, Mm. you know, it's the house is fenced in so I can always find him now, but I worry what it'll look like if he takes off out the front mm. door at some point, you know, that yeah. he's not developing these skills that he feels this sense of the need to run away every time big emotions mm. register inside of him. Ooh. And so that's so much why I wanted to even write the workbook. Um, you were so kind yeah. to mention that on the front side. I wrote yeah, yeah. a workbook for elementary age boys called strong and smart. That right. is, a practical guide to helping boys in the six to 12 space develop what I call a toolbox. And, and I opened mm-hmm. the, the workbook with talking a little bit about I, my two grandfathers. I grew up with a grandfather who was a builder and mm-hmm. a grandfather who was a fisherman. And I had an opportunity to fish with one grandfather and, and to build actually my grandfather, who's a builder. I worked for him my senior summer of high school. Um, and, You know, what I saw with both of those men, anytime my grandfather who loved to fish would head out with me, he always had a tackle box. No fisherman would think of going heading toward Mm -hmm. the water without what you needed to fish. My grandfather, who was a builder, never traveled. His truck always stacked with tools. And so it's just this (laughs) sense of, you know, if we work with that image, it's like everyone knows I need tools. I need tools to be able to do the work I'm called to do in this world. And I think we need tools emotionally too. And so that workbook is kind of walking boys through building their toolbox and something that that. I hope makes the three R's make a lot of sense when we're talking about practical ways to help boys work in that space. Totally. I love that. So the parents have their guide and then can walk through the kids guide with them. Such, such a great package there. I love how they go together. And I know Sissy's done something similar for the girls. It's super good. She has. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I would love for you to talk about discipline, a a favorite, not favorite topic, but 
you know, discipline's tricky and, and we all want to get it right. And yet there's that tendency when we're trying to discipline to get angry and to shame or blame, uh, for the moms out there who know they need to discipline, because I tell people discipline is one of the most important parts of parenting. Don't avoid it, it, but let's get it right too. So I'd love to hear a few thoughts on disciplining well. I agree with everything you said. And, and, you know, the thing that I would say about discipline, and I know you speak to so well too, is just that, you know, at the end of the day, we always want discipline to be a vehicle to kids making connections. You know, dis- mm. discipline should always be about teaching, not punishment, you know, that mm. that teaching is the opportunity for kids to make the connection. So there's this good learning of what I want to do different the next time around. Mm-hmm. So to your great question, you know, if we are in a dysregulated state as parents, we're likely mm-hmm. going to be disciplining more as a form of punishment than as a form of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's mm-hmm. part of why I really challenge parents at the beginning of the Raising Emotionally Strong Boys book to say, you know, the first work of regulation has always got to be our work for two reasons. One, because if boys can't sit front row to the people they trust the most in this world and have the opportunity to see what regulation looks like on the grownups they trust the most, Mm. it's impossible for them to learn this. You know, it just is. And so the work of regulation is ours first and their second. And I think secondly, to our great conversation about discipline, it's going to allow us to be more the parents we want to be. That if I'm parenting in dysregulated moments, it's when I'm going to say things like, you're grounded for life. You know, (laughs) we've always (laughs) got to go back on that one. And so I've had so many parents who've told me stories. I had a great dad in my office not long ago. And he said, I came down to the waiting room to get his son. And he said, David, before you take him up, can I just have five minutes with you? And I said, of course. And I love this dad. He's amazing. He's so intentional. And he said, I just want to tell you a story myself before you hear it from me. Before he yeah, I, that's, I, can I couldn't see wait myself to hear what that. was coming. Yes. And he, we sat down on the couch and he took a big breath. And then he said, I don't even want to tell this to you. And I said, you know how long I have been doing this work. There is not a story you could tell me that would surprise me at this point. He goes, no, I promise you've never heard this. And I said, okay, tell me what you did. He said, last night we were about to have dinner. My wife had gotten this cookbook for Christmas. She was so excited. She prepared this beautiful meal. I had given all three kids a warning that they were to be at the table because the meal was going to be hot and their mom had worked so hard. And Two daughters were there and my son was not, even though I had given him a specific five mm-hmm. minute warning to turn off mm-hmm. his Xbox. And he said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then we all sat down at the table. I hollered up for him one last time and he didn't answer. And he said, I knew he put his headphones back on and he was still gaming. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, "Of course." I marched straight up the stairs, just furious. And he said, I walked in, <laughs> I walked in the room. I took the headphones off his head and I said, tonight, when you go to bed, I'm going to set the Xbox on fire. (laughs) I said, well, you're right. I have never heard that one before, but haven't we all thought Uh, that at some point? Like I would love to just throw this gaming system off the second story in my house. Oh, absolutely. That dad was living out the truth for every one of us that it's impossible to discipline well when we're in a dysregulated state and we're going to say and do things that will involve us having to engage the third R, a lot of repair at some point later, yes, as opposed right? to if we are consistently employing regulation strategies, we're going to be able to discipline 
as a means of teaching, not punishment. Yes. And our boys are going to get to sit front row to see oh, what wow. it looks like on grownups and those little mirror right. neurons firing at and all Absolutely. the great learning that's going to happen on so many levels. Yes. So probably a lot of that is us even following the three R's ourselves, right? Yes. So if we can recognize what we're feeling, Absolutely. first thing, we might be able to regroup, take a breath, uh, use some of those techniques. Now, you mentioned the toolbox, you mentioned your workbook for the boys, but do you mind just naming before we wrap up here, just some of the tools in that toolbox? And and I love these. I know the three R's are part of it, just recognizing and, and yes. kind of walking through how to regulate but um, can you share a couple of them and maybe I'd I can put them to. in show notes so people can try to. right away until their book arrives? I'd be honored to. And and in the workbook, I walk boys through coming up with what I call a top five list. And I talk about mm -hmm. it in the parenting book as well. And Love I that. wish every person, kid, adolescent, and adult would mm -hmm. come up with a top five list. I'll have adolescents put it in their phone. I'll have parents mm -hmm. hang it on a note card on their bathroom mirror so again, yep. their kids can see this is yes. human work, not just kid work. This is parent work as well. Yes. And I talk about with boys, and I think this is true for a lot of folks, um, that we as males have a lot of physicality to our emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. why the research would tell us toddler age boys are more prone to hitting, biting, kicking, screaming. <laughs> Teenage boys more prone to punching yep. holes in drywall with a fist. That's not to say girls don't, but it's to say it doesn't happen as likely. And it's... Yep. Their body's way of saying, I have this intensity, this energy in me that I need to get out. So yes. I am, when I come up challenging boys when they're working on their top five list, I have kind of three rules of thumb. The first is no screens. I'm fine with screens for entertainment purposes. Sure. With yes. good, healthy limits, but not for this top five list. We're working on strategies and yep. screens are an escape. So that's my yes. first rule of thumb. The second Agreed. rule of thumb is I want the majority of them to be movement-based. Awesome. So I want the regulation work to involve jumping on a trampoline, um, running laps around the house, going up and down mm. the stairs, doing lunges in the kitchen. I mean, we could come up with 200 sure. different ideas of movement-based strategies that allow me to release some of that intensity. Yes. And then my third rule of thumb is I want breathing on the list somewhere because breathing yes. just one minute. In fact, the research would tell us just 20 seconds of deep uh -huh. breathing will begin the process of resetting the amygdala that moves us out of that fight, flight, or freeze response. Incredible. But if we double that to 40 seconds, triple it to 60 seconds, we are knocking it out of the park in front yeah. in terms of doing that settling process in our bodies. And so yes. I want every boy to have, I want every person to have breathing on the list because it's the most effective, efficient yes. way that we can start that settling process. So again, three rules, no screens, the majority of them movement-based strategies, and then the third tool being some deep breathing for at least one minute that can yep. create the settling effect in my mind and body to the point where I'm regulated enough to know what I need to do next, what I mm -hmm. want to say next, understanding mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. And so I think a mistake that I would challenge parents to consider is I think with a lot of boys will go straight. I talk about in the book that sometimes we have to flip the first two R's. Sometimes we have to just focus on mm. regulation and movement. Sure. And then yep. we name our feelings that sometimes boys yes. are so amped up. We shove yeah. a feelings chart in front of them and all they, they can can't do even is scream. Yeah. They can't yeah. even make connections. And or the mistake I think a lot of parents make is going straight toward discipline first 
In discipline, we should want to be last uh, because I'm waiting yes. until he's in that settled state so he can make those good connections we've been talking around. So Absolutely. If he's in an amped up state, he can't make good connections. If I'm in an yeah. amped up state, I can't help him uh-huh. make good connections. So right. sometimes the first work any of us need to do is the regulation work first, and then we'll do the recognizing work second. Oh, that's so good. So good. And there's so many other just helpful tools in this book. I told you mine is highlighted like crazy. And I just think there's just so many practical tools that are simple enough that you're going to remember them. Your kids are going to enjoy them. This is such good stuff. And I'm not surprised. All of your books are excellent. So this is super fun. Well, we will put some um, fun things in show notes so people can check them out and maybe apply them right away. And then hopefully they can get their hands on both the book for their kids. My 11-year-old, this is we're, we're going through this and I'm going to have him get that top five. I love that idea Me because, too. yes, so important. Um, if people want to just hop on and follow you right now, you've got an amazing podcast. You are um, doing a lot. So where can people find and follow you online right away? The easiest place would be go to RaisingBoysAndGirls.com, and we house everything there. If you were to jump on RaisingBoysAndGirls.com, there's a listen tab that will take you straight to our podcast. There is a books tab that'll take you straight to the book and workbook. There is really everything we do, and we've got a lot of free resources housed there at the website. We put a lot of great free content out on our Instagram account as well, just to try to offer as much support to parents, grandparents, educators, coaches as possible. So Hmm. thank you for even making mention of that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, And your love for the kids is so clear. All of you there at Daystar, I just, it's so clearly coming straight from your heart. So we appreciate all that you do. And thanks for being with us. I'm sure we'll ask to have you back again sometime. I hope so. And you know, I I cannot end this interview without reminding you again that my great hope is to get to do an interview with you in person in Hawaii at some point. (laughs) I want to come to you. I don't, I I would love it if you came to me. I want you to come visit Nashville if you're in the States, but I really want to head your direction. We we could do a beach interview. I think that'd be all our dream scenario. (laughs) All right. You are welcome here. Bring Sissy with you you too. Thank you. All right. I love it. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed getting to know David Thomas as much as I always do. Such a great guy. And of course, there are links to all the things we talked about over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 162. Now, Today is that opening day for the character training course. So if you've thought about it, if you're curious about it, want to check it out, please visit the course page. And that is at monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. Thank you for being here. Be encouraged. You too can raise emotionally strong boys. If you feel like you've got a little anxiety issue going on with any of your kids, I highly encourage you to check out the new resources in the character training course. I think they're going to give you a lot of support and tools to use. So again, thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.